Coming up this evening, live from New York City, billionaire Elon Musk one step closer to buying Twitter. The company's board approves his buyout offer, urging shareholders to do the same. Investor Mark Cuban's online pharmacy could save Medicare billions of dollars every year. According to Harvard researchers, they say Medicare is paying way too much for prescription drugs. Food giant Kellogg announcing a major shakeup. It's breaking up its business into three parts. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Chenny Wu here for NTD Business. Now, some good news for Elon Musk. He's one step closer to buying Twitter. Today, the company's board of directors unanimously approved his $44 billion buyout offer. That's according to an SEC filing. It detailed a letter to investors. In it, Twitter's board recommended that Twitter shareholders vote to approve a merger agreement with Musk. If the deal closes now, Twitter's investors stand to pocket a profit of around $15 for each share they own. Doubts about the deal swirled after Musk threatened to cancel it over fake accounts. He said he wants proof that less than 5% of Twitter's daily users are spam bots. Today at an event, he said again that he's still waiting for an answer on that. The filing didn't say anything about it. Musk also gave details today on how Tesla will cut jobs, as he predicts a likely recession for the U.S. economy. He said a 10% cut in staff would happen over three months. It's his most detailed explanation yet. Musk said the layoffs would apply only to salaried workers. He says that means the total headcount would be down 3.5%. Meanwhile, some former employees of Tesla are suing the company for laying off workers without advance notice. They say federal law requires a 60-day notification period, which they didn't get. Musk responded to the lawsuit, saying it has no standing. As we brace for a possible recession, we're seeing more signs that the housing market is cooling off. Sales of existing homes fell to a two-year low last month. That's according to the National Association of Realtors. Many first-time home buyers are being priced out as the average price topped $400,000 in May, a record high. So what does it mean for new home buyers? We hear from an expert. Several signs showing a possible real estate cooldown just as the market enters its hottest, busiest summer season. This is when the largest majority of buyers are looking to buy. And in the real estate market, buyers drive the market. The buying frenzy for those few available homes could soon be declining. According to Freddie Mac, mortgage rates increased by more than half a percentage point last week the biggest one-week jump since 1987. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage jumped to nearly 5.8% in the week ending June 16th. For comparison, rates were under 3% the same time last year. That makes homes even more expensive for those who need to take out a loan to buy, and that could lower demand. The question on everybody's mind is, will these interest rate hikes slow the market down so much that prices drop? And unfortunately, the only way that that would happen is if it pushed enough buyers out of the market that the demand for the existing supply decreased. And that's not what we're seeing. The average mortgage rate increase follows last week's Fed interest rate hike and major layoffs at two U.S. real estate companies. Redfin is cutting 8% of its staff as its stock is down 80% this year. 
Encompass laying off 10% of its staff, citing clear signals of slowing economic growth. So what does this all mean for first-time homebuyers? Even though we've seen a rate hike, it's going to get even worse. So if you're waiting to buy real estate because you think it's unaffordable, it might become even more unaffordable as they continue to raise rates. Housing demand is slowing, but people still have to travel. AAA is predicting a record number of July 4th drivers, despite gas prices hitting a record earlier this month. The group predicts 42 million Americans, more than ever before, will take a road trip of 50 miles or more. The national average per gallon on Monday stood at $4.98. That's just pennies off the high of $5.02 reached earlier. But AAA says travel demand is not tapering off, despite the higher expenses. All the while, fewer Americans will be flying to their destinations due to spikes in airfare, a drop of only about 7%. The cost for a plane ticket is reportedly about 14% more expensive than it was last year. And drivers in California will have to pay for more gas, more for gas starting next month. California, the state with the highest gas tax, is raising it even more. It's increasing the tax 2.8 cents on July 1st. That's an increase of 5.6 percent. That takes the current tax up to 53.9 cents per gallon. California passed a law five years ago to automatically raise the gas tax every year. The state says it uses most of the money to fix potholes, bridges, roads, and improve public transportation. One way the White House wants to fight inflation is to bring down drug prices. And a new company from billionaire investor Mark Cuban is already doing that. A new Harvard study finds if the government buys from his firm instead, it could save Medicare billions of dollars. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has the details. Medicare could be saving billions of dollars if it bought drugs from the Mark Cuban Cost Plus drug company, according to Harvard researchers. The company cuts out the middlemen to cut costs on generic drugs. For example, a 30-count supply of 400-milligram imatinib would cost $39 at Cost Plus drugs, but $9,600 at other pharmacies. It's a nice idea, but they've got a long way to go before you tell beneficiaries and, uh, and who are elderly or disabled that this is going to be where they're going to get their drugs. Doug Badger is a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He previously served as special assistant to George W. Bush on the National Economic Council, where he advised him on health-related matters. Badger says, This company may offer savings for some patients on select drugs. Medicare prescription drug plans have to cover thousands of drugs in every, uh, every therapeutic category, brand name and generic. The study found that Medicare could have saved up to $3.6 billion in 2020 if it purchased 77 generic drugs at Cuban's company. The way drugs are normally priced is both complicated and secretive, a big reason they're so expensive is the middlemen. These are often billion-dollar companies that get in the middle of the patient who needs the medicine and the companies that are making the generic drugs. And they make a lot of profit off the margin. Rosemary Gibson is a senior advisor at the Hastings Center, a bioethics think tank. She's also the author of China Rx, a book on Chinese ingredients being inside drugs consumed by Americans. Gibson says, Organizations such as pharmacy benefit managers and group purchasing organizations, and they'll do the contracting, 
They will arrange for some distribution costs, which are real costs, but the amount that they charge is exorbitant. Medicare spent around $115.6 billion on prescription drugs last year, around a third of total drug purchases in the U.S. Alan Fredrickson, NTD News. Cuban launched the online pharmacy in January. 400,000 people have signed up so far. Stocks rebounded sharply today after last week's decline. The Dow added 641 points, or two and two-tenths of a percent. The S&P gained 90 points, or two and a half percent. And the Nasdaq was up 271 points, or also two and a half percent. Kellogg no longer wants to be known mainly for its breakfast cereals. The food giant said today it will break into three parts, so it can focus more on snacks. Its North American cereals and plant-based foods businesses will be spun off. The firm says those two units now account for 20% of its net sales. It's a big moment for the firm, which was founded in 1894 when W.K. Kellogg created Corn Flakes. In recent years, it's focused more on building its snacks portfolio. It makes brands including Pringles potato chips. That division brought in 80% of sales. Kellogg says it'll decide the names of the companies later, and it says all three will be better focused as standalone businesses. Speaking of snacks, Mondelez International is expanding its global snack bar business. It said yesterday it will buy energy bar maker Cliff Bar Company for about $3 billion. The company said it will get Cliff, Luna, and Cliff Kid brands of bars in its portfolio. The move creates a $1 billion-plus global snack bar franchise for itself. The food and beverage giant also makes Oreo and Tang. The Cliff Bar acquisition marks its ninth deal since 2018. The company is working towards reshaping its portfolio for higher long-term growth. Mondelez expects organic net revenue to increase over 4% in 2022. The company expects the deal to close in the third quarter. A U.S. expert has found that the Chinese Communist Party is collecting data on Americans in a brand new way, through their coffee machines. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has a story. A recent report suggests that the Chinese Communist Party is obtaining data via smart coffee machines made in China. Author Christopher Balding published his research through New Kite Data Labs. He warned that such tactics can be used to spy on U.S. consumers. According to his report, these machines collect data on a variety of subjects, including drink production, location, payment information, and other data. In commercial environments like hotels, they can even access route information and payment methods. Some of the coffee machines are made by the Calarm firm, based in China's Jiangsu province. The report noted the manufacturer provides no information on data storage or privacy. The company has been selling models widely throughout the United States and Europe. The report concluded, quote, while we cannot say this company is collecting data on non-Chinese users, all evidence indicates their machines can and do collect data on users outside of mainland China and store the data in China. Balding added that he won't disclose how he obtained the information. That's because he doesn't want the Chinese Communist Party or CCP to prevent him from learning more about their data collection efforts against Americans and others. A desperate developer in China's softening property market is coming up with an odd way to attract buyers. If you don't have enough money for a down payment, no worries. This Chinese property developer will take wheat or garlic as a substitute. 
mainly targeting Chinese farmers. Central China Real Estate is offering to let buyers use garlic or wheat crops to make their down payments on properties. For every 500 grams of wheat crop, the developer will knock off about 30 cents from the down payment. Up to $23,000 can be substituted with wheat. Cities across China have introduced hundreds of easing measures this year to revive the property sector. More common promotions include free parking lots or renovations. Shares of Chinese developers rallied Monday. This could be a sign of a recovering Chinese property sector. NTD's Don Ma speaks with the chief strategist at market insight firm MacroLens about whether the property stocks are recovering and if they're a good buy right now. Brian, great to have you. So the number of property transactions in about 30 Chinese cities went up 43%. This volume of transactions is now at a similar level around the same time last year. So Brian, is the Chinese property market seeing some recovery? Well, I think uh, we can't get too caught up in in one week's numbers. Um, A number of cities are coming out of lockdown, so there could be two or three weeks of sort of normal demand being stuffed into one week in some places. Um, The latest sort of monthly official data we have uh, economy-wide for May was still down 35, 36 percent year on year. Now, the, the housing market did start slowing about this time last year. So we would expect the rate of change to improve uh, simply because, you know, we're now going to be comparing to a lower base on a year ago. But I, I would be very, very surprised if this is any kind of sign that the Chinese housing market is returning to anything like what we saw two or three years ago. Now, on this point that you're talking about, then what would you consider as a concrete sign that the sector is recovering? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see several months of sustained increase in uh, in, in real estate volumes. Uh, so, you know, I look at the, the floor space sold of residential buildings. I smooth it with the three-month moving average because it's very volatile and still deeply, deeply negative, 40, 50 percent type of level. So, you know, it would take many months. Uh, and, and I don't think that's possible unless we get a sign from the government that they're okay with that. And they while they're talking about pumping up the economy and goosing infrastructure and pushing banks to be more generous with credit, they have not altered their rhetoric on on the housing market at all. So I don't think you could see a sustained increase in volumes without some kind of capitulation signal from the government that they're so desperate to prop up economic growth that they're willing to countenance, uh, you know, heightened speculation in property. And I think it's just a very low likelihood. I guess... The question right now would be, are property stocks a good buy? I wouldn't touch them because I think, uh, you know, most of these developers are so heavily levered that uh, I think the equity is likely to be worthless. That if, if, if they were to, you know, on a book value basis, if they were actually to liquidate their assets, the, uh, you know, the resulting proceeds would be a lot less than what they owe. And without a renewed... Uh, upcycle in housing along the lines of what we've seen in the past, I don't think they're going to be able to get out of this hole. And again, my impression is that the government uh, probably looks to roll much of this industry onto the state sector, and that's not going to be a a happy outcome for equity holders. Now, other than the property sector, do you see any other sectors that's worth buying? Um, 
I've been moderately bullish on tech for a number of months, about, I don't know, six weeks or so. Um, I caught the wipeout in, in, in tech shares uh, because, you know, they've been sending signals for a couple months now that the worst of the regulatory crackdown is over. And I think some of the Chinese tech companies have priced in, to some extent, a slowdown in economic growth. Um, they're less sensitive to near-term growth prospects, and you know there are some pretty good businesses there that are, are beaten down. So that's one sector I think worth a look. Uh, beyond that, no, nothing much. I still don't like the banks at all. I don't like property. Uh, I don't like heavy industry in China. Now, things will, things will bounce at some point next month when the Biden administration announces a rollback in the U.S. tariffs. That'll be a, worth a, a couple of days of rally. But the bottom line on the Chinese economy is we should not expect the same kind of stimulus cycle we've seen in the past. Now, Brian, on this point of the tariffs, is it a done deal? Sounds like it. Yes. Yeah, it certainly it certainly does sound like it. Um, it sounds like they're you know they're they're going through the motions of requesting comment from U.S. industries that are affected. Uh, that period runs through, I think it's mid July. I don't have the exact date. At that point, we'll get an announcement on some plan for rolling back the tariffs. It's, it sounds like it's a done deal. Yes. Brian McCarthy, Chief Strategist, MacroLens. Thank you for coming on. Thanks very much. Turning to Europe, remember we told you yesterday that Germany is turning back to coal to generate power? Now Ursula von der Leyen, president of the European Commission, has warned EU members not to backslide on cutting fossil fuel use. Besides Germany, Austria and the Netherlands are also firing up their coal plants as a result of Russia cutting their gas supplies. Other EU members are expected to follow suit, including Italy. Von der Leyen says countries must focus on, quote, massive investment in renewables. She says renewables aren't just good for the climate, but also for energy security and independence. France's newest nuclear reactor will be up and running by next year. The site is almost finished, and it could f- generate enough power to supply Paris for a whole year. And today's Faye Quarter has more. This sprawling nuclear site in northwestern France will be up and running next year. It's nestled at the bottom of a granite cliff overlooking the English Channel. This newest reactor is officially known as Flamanville 3 EPR, or European Pressurized Reactor. It's the last stretch, I usually say the final sprint for this plant that is at the pre-operating stage. All buildings are practically finished, more than 95% of the site is finished. So this is an exciting moment. We see that with the passing of each week, the level of adrenaline and tension increases in the field. So it's interesting. I like experiencing this moment. Flamanville 3 was originally expected to cost $3.4 billion and start operations in 2012. But it has been delayed for over 10 years, partly due to faulty welds in the reactor circuits. It also came in over budget by almost $10 billion. The reactor is now due to start loading fuel in the second quarter of 2023. This will mark one of the final stages before the startup of a plant. This reactor has a fundamental role, just like any other nuclear plant that's part of the French energy mix. A reactor like this one, this turbine, will produce 1,650 megawatts of electricity. In comparison to the consumption of the city of Paris, the Flamanville 3 reactor can supply Paris for one year. 
What this reactor will produce corresponds to the annual consumption of the city of Paris. France generated nearly 70 percent of its electricity output from atomic power last year. The country was also the region's biggest net exporter of power in 2021, supplying countries like Italy and Germany. Still to come, Costco getting sued for allegedly mistreating chickens at, at its processing facility. A piece of KFC history up for sale. You can now buy Colonel Sanders' first restaurant along with his house. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Retail giant Costco is facing a lawsuit accusing it of mistreating chickens. One of its biggest draws is its $4.99 rotisserie chickens. To keep costs low, the company has its own chicken processing facility. But that operation is now accused of violating state laws against livestock neglect. The suit was filed by the animal law offices on behalf of two Costco shareholders and by the nonprofit group Legal Impact for Chickens. Among other accusations, the filing says Costco, quote, knowingly propagates chickens that are bred to grow so fast that many of them cannot stand under their own weight. Costco didn't immediately respond to requests for comment from outlets, including Food and Wine and Business Insider. According to Business Insider, Costco has said in the past it upholds ethical and humane processes. The restaurant that helped launch KFC nationwide is up for sale. This was the location of Claudia Sanders' diner house in Shelbyville, Kentucky. The man known as Colonel Sanders opened the restaurant for his wife. According to the restaurant's website, Sanders and his wife not only lived there, it served as the base of operation for KFC until Sanders sold the company in 1964. Now the land is for sale, including two structures the 5,000-square-foot building that was once Sanders' home, and a nearly 25,000-foot restaurant and banquet hall. Whoever buys the property will also get their hands on several personal items, including a happy birthday letter from President Nixon to Colonel Sanders. No word on how much the seller is hoping to get for the property. For people with disabilities, employment and training opportunities are hard to come by once they leave school. A cafe in Australia is now helping them make the transition to the workplace. Here's more. When Jack Alt finished school, he already had some plans for work. He found a job at a place called the cafe that matched his plans. He has adjusted to the new environment. Well, the creation side of it. The, um, I love serving the customers, you know. love the happy face. It's always good when they eat their food. The cafe trains participants who have an interest in kitchen and barista skills. On the menu are salads, wraps, sandwiches, and also dessert. For Jack, the sizzling kitchen is the ideal workplace that he wants to be a part of. I just like cooking. I've all, I wouldn't mind where I end up. It's just with cooking, it's fine. The Cafe at Harry's Place is a program that supports the employment of disabled students who have finished school. It was born out of a family's concern about limited training opportunities for disabled adults. 
Ann Riley is the CEO of Carpenteria, an organization that has partnered with Harry's Cafe. And they didn't really want to just go into an environment where it was just socialising and recreational activities. They wanted them to continue on with their learning so that they could actually reach their potential and potentially have a job. The program's logo is a multicoloured circle of people representing participants and staff. The tagline, a shared community space for all to enjoy, clarifies the mission of Harry's Place and what the restaurant stands for. Half a dozen workers have now earned job qualifications for entry-level work, and others have taken up opportunities at other jobs. The program was initially a pilot but has now been extended. That means more people with disabilities can find a pathway to long-term and meaningful employment. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, send us an email at business at ntd.com. That's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Chenny Wu. You can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.